0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1
1: Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And just just leave the word open on your your lap there. We'll, we'll, We'll get to it in a minute. As you know, Pastor Steve's been talking about David. And this week, the Lord and I have been reminiscing about my life and how, where, I have, where God has brought me from. Um, and there's so much, as Pastor Steve said last week about David, that you can go a whole year. But right after Jesus, I think David is my favorite character as well. Everything I've learned in my life uh, over these years, I've learned it from David. The great thing about David is David was so messed up that if God can use him, well, all right, God can use us. Don't ever get to that place in your life where you think, well, I've I've just messed up so bad, Pastor, that how can God ever use this kind of mess? Listen to me carefully. There are people that are far worse than you. And as far as we know, nobody here has killed anyone yet. (laughs) Right? And so if God can use David, who was a murderer, a liar, cheat, took someone's wife, killed someone's husband, do do, do you understand me? And, and, And he can still turn around and say he is the man after God's own heart. Then there's something we need to learn from there. And and I don't want to jump out of chapter 16 too quickly because there are some things that happen in in David's life that we can absolutely learn from because sometimes we think God uses these magnificent uh, specimens of a creation and they're so talented, they're so this, they're so that. And and how can God use me? And, And David's story just proves that God doesn't use perfect people. God doesn't use people that have it all together. God uses people that are usually broken battered overwhelmed frustrated and god will take those people and and pour his grace upon them but there are some things that they have to do also our little talk this morning is, is simply the heart of a servant leader the heart of a servant leader every christian really is a leader anybody can be a leader But to be a servant leader, that's different. And God needs, in our 21st century, God needs leaders in every area of our lives. Leaders in our homes, that means you men. Leaders at work. If we're going to have people come into our lives and, and, and surround ourselves with core people that will help get to us, we need to know that those kind of people are, are full of the, the things that God wants them to be full of to help us get to where we want to go. And so when you look at the life of David and you think about David, there are certain things that David has that you and I will have to have. And we've gone to seminaries, Pastor Steve has taught about it, uh, and, and the four components of a leader, of a leader. It, we, we know it, it's, it's, it's first of all, competent. We have to have a leader that's competent. If God's going to use you, you're going to have to be competent in what God wants you to be. Uh, you have to be, have character. Character. You're going to have to have a, a commitment. You're going to have to be committed to something. And when we, when we talk about David in a few minutes, and you find out how long David had to wait. If there's no commitment in your life, you will bail out on God before the time. And then we have to have chemistry. Chemistry. The story of David is one of those things that uh, David was the eighth son of Jesse. Jesse. When when Samuel comes, Jesse brings Eliabed and and all his brothers before him, and and he parades the seven sons of Jesse in front of him, and finally Samuel says, is there anyone else? Because when Eliabed showed up, Samuel says, surely this guy is is the man of God. Surely this is the one. He looks like a king. He walks like a king. He may even talk like a king. And God said to uh, 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 Samuel, He's not the guy and a lot of times we you know I I say to people all the time how do you feel that when you are not the number one choice in someone's life it's like a it's like a a guy coming up to a girl and say well you weren't my real number one I didn't really want to marry you but you're my eighth (laughs) so what are you going to tell him go jump in the river right But we get to this place where, and and there are some things that God does, and then there are some things that David is responsible for. But one thing you and I need to know of God, that there's something here you can learn about God that God does that we should learn from. So you're in chapter 16. go Go to verse 7. Go to verse 7. Eliab is standing in front of Samuel, and God says, and he says, surely this is the guy, and God says to Samuel, notice what it says in verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical status. So the very thing you and I look at, God is saying, don't look at it. If you're looking for a mate, he says, don't look at his status. Don't look at his builds. He may have biceps, quadrupsets, and all the other sets. Don't look at it. Her hair may be shining like silk. It could be fake. Don't look at it. He may be 6'5". Don't look at it. And then he goes on to say that in verse 7, because I have refused him. As pastor goes on in, in the rest of the day, story of David, you will find out why God refused a And then he says this, for the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And here's one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about this week. He said, the place I develop, the heart of a leader, is in that secret place. The place I develop, the heart of a woman of God, is in that secret place where nobody can see her. If you are someone that wants to be in the front and be seen, a lot of times the people that are seen so quickly are the ones that don't stay very long. Why? Because their hearts were not formed. Their spirit was not formed in the quiet place and developed back here in the quiet place so that when God brought you onto the scene, You were able to stay there and finish the race. That was the difference between Saul and David. When push came to shove, Saul was afraid of the people. God forgive us if we ever have leaders that are more afraid of the people than they are of God. And that's what you should demand of us. Pastor, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need, even if it stings me. So we get to this place where, where we and, and, and so we get to this place where Jesse has come and he wants to anoint a king and and and, and all, all the seven brothers have already gone ahead and here's the other thing I learned about this: it doesn't matter how many people climb in front of you, manipulate, stand on your neck, pushing themselves to the front. Whatever God has for you is yours. Do you understand me? So you go back to that quiet place and you stay there until until God says it's time. Running, leading up to this thing where David is always writing Psalms. And David was a shepherd guy. He was minding the sheep. We'll come back to that in a minute. But David, like any teenager in their 20s or 30s, early 30s, they're frustrated, especially when things are not lining up the way you want them to line up. And so David himself was thinking, Lord, how am I ever going to be anything mining sheep? Who is ever going to see me and give me my opportunity to shine? If I'm tucked away somewhere, mining sheep. And when I went through that chronological Bible, right after uh, Jesse has said, is there any more sons? And it says, it's David. And Jesse says, we will do nothing until David comes. In the chronological uh, 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 Bible, right there, in that pa- right after that passage, the Bible says that scholars say that David wrote Psalm 39. Okay. Psalm 39. Let me read it for you a little bit. Remember, he's frustrated, waiting on God. Nothing's happening. Come on, God, what are you going to do with me? What are you going to do with me? How are you going to project me? The same frustrations that we go through when we're trying to figure out Psalm 39, this is what David said. I said, I will guard my way, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with the muscle while, while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred in me. Frustrated. Anxious. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? I, I, what are you doing in my life? I, I, nothing's happening and we tend to get anxious he goes on to say my heart was hot within me while i muzzled the fire burned in me have you ever had a gift or dream or vision of what God wants to do with you and is burning on the inside of you but nothing seems to be happening, no connections, no uh, doors are opening but the thing is burning in you. He, he goes on right, Lord, make known to my, uh, make, make me to know my end and what the measure of my days. Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And as we were reminiscing this week with me and the Lord, and, we, and, we, and he was reminding me of what happened in my life. He said, Henry, do you remember when you were sitting on the beach back home? Do you remember when there was nothing going on and you had all this education, but there was no opportunities and you were sitting in the middle of war and you thought this was going to be the end? Henry, what you thought the end was, Was just your beginning. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, hold. The the very thing that, that is a pain in your neck that is bringing you frustration and disappointments. God, what can you do with me, mining sheep? Here's the question I want to ask you Where are you right now where you are frustrated? Where are you right now in that job, in that relationship, in that marriage, in that church, whatever it is? Where are you where you are so frustrated? Could it be? Could it be that the very thing that is frustrating you right now is what God is using to develop your character and your spirit and your heart? Could it be David, the turmoil in David is all going on on the inside of him. And he's written this psalm. And, and then finally he says, but my hope is in you. And right after he wrote that, uh, said, said that psalm, here comes the call. David, your father needs you. Your father needs you. He comes down and, 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 and he walks into the room and, 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 and the Lord says to Jesse, there's the man. You mean all the other people? No, there's the man. You mean all the other people with better ed- education than me and that look better than me, that, that work, have more experience than me, that, that, that speak properly? Jesse, there's the man. There's the man that I have been preparing in the secret place. There's the man that I I have been crushing him, molding him, slapping him, crushing his ideas and crushing his dreams so that my purpose would rise to the surface. There's the man. He gets anointed, and and then he goes back to watching the sheep again. Watching the sheep, and and, and God looks at him, and and, and then we don't even hear about him. And and the Bible says it took David 14 years from the time he was anointed until he became king. Fourteen years. You 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, 14 years. If you want to shoot to the top, you want to take six months, go ahead. You won't last. Anything God does, he takes his time. So when God is forming a spirit and forming a heart and preparing a man or a woman, he takes his time. Do you have 14 years? So finally we get to this place where we, we, we don't hear about David because here's the, here's the thing. When God is forming the heart of a servant leader, a servant leader, a servant leader, the difference between Christians and everybody else is that everybody else can be a leader. Christians are called men to be servant leaders. Anybody can be a leader. But who can be a servant leader? And so when the Bible says to husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church, he doesn't say husbands, love your wife like your wife loves you back. That's worldliness. Hallelujah. Baby, you love me 50%, I'll love you 50%. You drop it down to 45, I'll drop it down to 45. You drop it down to 40, I get ticked off, I drop it to 30 Pastor, she's not meeting my needs. She's not. She's not loving me the way I need to be loved. And, and, and she's doing it. And so we go down like this nonsense. Down, down, down. But a servant leader, right. a servant leader, brings hundred percent to the table every single day. Don't clap. Every single day. No matter what she's bringing. I'm bringing. Why? Because I'm so in love with Jesus. So in love with him. Here's the other thing that was happening. God was working behind the scenes while David was being formed on the hill. The beautiful thing about uh, uh, in in the chronological Bible is that after David was anointed as king, they they say he wrote Psalm 8. Psalm 8. David was always writing psalms. Listen to Psalm 8 now. It's totally different than Psalm 39 because all of a sudden now he's anointed as king and and, and he gets to Psalm 8. and And now look what's coming out of his mouth i get there. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Well, yeah, because you're now your king. <laughs> how excellent is your name in all the earth. He, he goes on to say, when I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers. Here, you've got to grab this. He's probably back on the hill. He's probably washing the sheep. It's probably nighttime now, and the stars are out. And David is about to learn how to magnify God all by himself. David doesn't need music. David, as God is forming his heart, he's forming an intimacy between God and David. And, and David looks up into the skies and says this, When I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visited him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet or sheep or oxen, even the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth! There is a rejoicing in David's spirit. Why? Because all the stuff he was doing back here that he thought nobody knew and God wasn't going to use, God brought it to the forefront and said, you will be my man. And David said, how excellent. And then for the next couple of years, God develops the heart of this servant leader. The thing I want to ram home this morning is this. There are some things that you and I have to be disciplined about. God has his part to play, but you have your part to play. And the funny thing about it is that afterwards, David, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord left Saul, and an evil spirit comes upon Saul, and he's tormented, and one of the servants says to Saul, let's let's get a man that can come and skillfully, skillfully play the harp. The other servant comes back and says, no, let's find a man that can just play well. There's a difference between playing skillfully. And just playing the heart. I believe there were other heart players in, in the kingdom, but no one could play with the anointing of God like David. Amen. And then one of the servants got up and said, King, I've seen a son of Jesse. And he starts to describe the character. Of David listen to me carefully just when you think nobody's watching someone is watching Amen. that's why you and I every time we do something we do it as unto the Lord Amen. don't do it for people don't do it for people because if you do it for people sooner or later people will wear you out And then when they don't say thank you and they don't praise you, they don't clap for you or pat you on your back, you get angry and frustrated. And I've been doing all this for my husband. I've been doing all this for my wife. I've been doing all this for my church and nobody appreciates me. You are doing it for the wrong reason. And God is so skillful that he will make sure you and I will find out why we do the things we do. So the servant says to Saul, I found, I seen a son of Jesse. Look, drop your eyes down to verse 18. Verse 18. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I've seen a son of Jesse. Lift your head up one In the kingdom of God, timing is everything. Sometimes we arrive at the right place, but at the wrong time. Sometimes we touch people who we know that God is gonna do it but we touch them too early. Yes. Yes. Sometimes, young man, you, t- you you look at a girl and, and, and you say, man, everything in me says yes, but you touch her too early. She hasn't developed yet. Amen. Sometimes, ladies, you look at a guy and, and, and you say, look, he has everything going for him. He, has, he comes from a good family. And, and just because he comes from a good family doesn't mean he will be good. Well, girl, did you see his family? You saw a husband? Did you see his father? He's got this and this and this. You saw the mother? He has this and this and this. Man, surely this guy's going to be rolling in the dough. But he's a liar and a cheat and a wife beater. But you didn't take time to take time. You just went jumping right on in there. Everything in the kingdom of God is all about timing. I've seen the son of Jesse, and he says, Who is skillful in playing? One. A mighty man of valor? Two. A man of war? Three. Prudent in speech. Four. A handsome person. I took that off the list. Because what's handsome to me may not be handsome to you. What's beautiful to me may not be beautiful to you. And God had already said, don't look on the outside appearance. Do you understand? And then the last thing he says about David that wraps it all up, and the Lord is with him. I submit to you, when God is in that quiet place with you, developing your spirit, developing your heart, preparing you in that quiet place, if you stay there long enough, If you say, God, I don't care how long I'm single. God, I don't care how long I'm in this particular job. I don't care how frustrated I may be. If you stay there long enough to allow God to form your heart, he will give us character. Like David. The first thing the servant says is that he is a skillful, skillful player. That means when he plays the harp, and, and, and guys, where did he learn all this stuff? Up on the hill. Mining what? Sheep. I get it now. Even when I was preparing for ministry, I, I, I would say, God, why, why sheep? Why sheep? Because sheep are selfish. Sheep go in all kinds of directions. Sheep don't like to listen. Sheep are sometimes ungrateful. And David was learning how to be patient and kind and long-suffering, protecting what was not his before God gave him what will be his. Oh, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? No, 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 stop. Did you hear that? David learned to protect what was not his so that one day God could give him what would be his. Some of us don't get it because we're not willing to sacrifice and pour into someone else's life. Let someone else be glorious. Let someone else be blessed. Let someone else prosper. And our attitude is, I'm not doing it. I'm not working the way I'm supposed to work. Why? My boss will get rich. I'm not going to work that way. I'm not going to sacrifice in in my relationship. Why? But someone else will get blessed. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go come and serve. Why should I serve? I want to be served. (laughs) And God is saying, if you won't serve others, others will not serve you. If you won't love unconditionally, no one will love you unconditionally. I've seen the son of Jesse. He is a skillful player. Skillful. What does that mean? He was competent. He was competent. He didn't just play the harp, no, he worshiped on the harp. He played the hard through the difficult times and through the the good times and the bad times. David would lay there and just worship God. Why? An audience of one. When nobody else was looking, David was back here worshiping God and God alone. A skillful player. He said David was a man of valor. Oh, how we missed that word again this, this, in our 21st century. A man of valor. That means what he said on Sunday, he was the same thing on Monday. Amen. If he was kind on Wednesday, he's kind on Thursday. He didn't act one way on Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus. ha, 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 ha. Right? He didn't do that on Sunday and then go back on Monday and curse his wife out. A man of character, a man of valor. You could take his word to the bank. If David said he would be there, he would be there. So not only was David competent, he had character. You hear Pastor C say that, character is what you are when nobody else is looking. In fact, there is someone looking. Because the Bible says what you do in secret, I will reward you openly. And not only that, the servant says, he's a man of war. I like that. He's a man of war. You go to battle with this man, he's got your back. This man is a committed man. A man that walks into this thing, if this man is in your life, he's a friend for life. If this kind of man you are married to, you are married to death do us part. Commitment. David was a man of war. Anytime you read the story as we go forward, anytime Saul told him to go to battle, he went to battle and he won. Every single time. And then in that hill place, in that quiet place, the Bible says he was prudent in the way he spoke. David knew when to speak. And he knew when to shut up. He knew when to give his advice, and he knew when to mind his own business. David knew that if God wanted to do something through him, he was willing to give it to people and give it to it freely. He didn't hold it back and say, you know what, one day I will be king. I want to keep all this wisdom. I want to keep all this knowledge. I want to keep all this understanding. I want to keep all this for myself until I become what I need to be. And for everybody else, they can jump in the river. And then he wraps it up, this servant it says, not only do I know he's a skillful player, not only do I know he's a mighty man of valor, not only do I know he's a man of war, not only do I know he's, a, he's prudent in speech. And here's the big thing that separates everyone. The Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. That is the character of a servant leader. Every one of us in this place can aspire to be there. Every one of us. God doesn't have to give us an anointing to be this. No, this is the things that we make up our mind. We come together and we say, you know what? I want to be a servant leader. I want to serve before being served. I want to lay my life down. I want to learn how to be intimate with God in the quiet place so that when God presents me in in, in front of people, I am not a people pleaser. I am a God pleaser. I want to develop an intimacy with God so that when the difficult times come and there's no one around me, I can stand in that place and I can bless the Lord. bless Lord. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship you. Yeah, I, I messed the words up. Right. Do, do you understand me? You and I need to understand there will be some times and there will be some battles that you will, nobody will be with you. That's right. That's right. But if you have allowed God in the quiet place to mold and fashion your heart... When the tough times come, you'll be able to encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. You say, Pastor, I, I want to be that kind of man or woman of God. I, I want to be that man or woman of God that, that God takes the time to mold me. Do you know that's one of the reasons why we started Grow You, Grow University. On Wednesday nights. Do you you understand that? The reason why we started Grow You and Pastor Steve initiated this was so that the people of God would be educated in the word of God. So that they can have a place where they can grow in their word and understanding. And as they grew in the word and understanding, they would grow more and more in love with Jesus. And the more you grew in love with Jesus, the more you would trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you will be obedient to him. Amen. And that's why we come out on Wednesday night, and that's why we encourage everybody. You say, Well, can, can anybody be a servant leader? Yes, but you have to be available. Amen. You're gonna have to be faithful. You're going to have to make yourself, you, you, you're going to have to position yourself, position yourself so that when God starts to move and, and God starts to do the things, you're, you're there. You're there at the right time, at the right place to learn the word, to get the word on the inside of you. It transforms you and develops your heart. It doesn't come by accident. And then we opened up one groups. And and why one groups? Because you have to take what you learn and have a community of believers that you can flush it out. So you can go into a one group and and learn from other people and and encourage other people, and everything you're learning in the secret place, you're coming in, and, and she's coming in, and he's coming in, and they're coming in, and say, guess what God is teaching me in this quiet place? He's teaching me and molding me like this, and you start to pour into other people, and together we flush it out. And then you say, Pastor, and then then Pastor, you say, well, I'm married and I'm struggling. But no, Pastor, I have an excellent marriage. Okay, who are you pouring into? So we have Friday night's ministry and and it's family night. And you take your boys to the Royal Rangers. You take your girls to to missionettes. You take your youth downstairs to the youth. And then you bring your lovely self into the sanctuary. And you're connecting with other married couples, learning best practices, men coming together and say, guys, how are you learning how to love your wife? Man, she rubbed me this way this week. I was furious with her, but the Spirit of God rose up in me and said, go back and love her anyway. And I argued with God all day long, but I knew God was right. And then you come into the circle, and you, as a man, you speak, and another man is sitting right there and thinking, oh God. God, you were doing the same thing to me this week, but I didn't do what he did. I rebelled. I walked out. Wives come together and and, and they start to talk about, this man is a pain in my neck. I can't stand him. I can't this and I can't that. And, And all of a sudden, another woman comes up and says, well, I had a man that was a brat as well, but I loved him unconditionally. I served him. And like Abraham, I called him Lord. I just thought I would shove that in there, you know. Just put that in there, guys. And the guys are like, yes, if she calls me Lord, I will serve her, I will die for her. No, she doesn't have to call you Lord, you behave like a Lord. You behave like Lord Henry. (laughs) You behave like a Lord. You love her like a Lord. And sometimes we have friendships. Are you a good friend? Do you pour into your friendships? Or do you suck the life out of people? That's why we have one groups so that we can really flush the thing, so that when you go back into your communities and back into your workplace and back down your block, so you can go there and you are the light on your block. You are the light in the office. You are the light in this. this. You are the light in the nursing homes. You are the light as a nurse. You are a light as a doctor. You are a light in the MTA. You are a light as this and this and this. You are a light everywhere you go. Why? Because you have flushed this thing out. You have learned the word. You have flushed it out in one groups. And now you're going back into the word and you can be. Be God's anointed in that dark place. I'm going to have the worship team make their way back up here again. And then we get to a place, this is the most exciting part of it. And then we get to a place that while we're doing all that, we get here and we start to say, Lord. Where can I serve? I see these guys running around all day doing ushering. I see people running around doing security. I see these people in children's ministry and, and, and altar ministry and, and all these others. I see people in the House of Hope. I see people down in the cafe serving. I, I see people all over the place serving. Uh, uh, where, where, where can I serve? Here's the secret, guys. The moment you start to give your life away, is the moment you start to find the plan of God for your life. Amen. Amen. You say, Pastor, it's crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. I learned this many years ago, but I, 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 it just blew my mind. You mean, Pastor, the more I give away is the more I will find him? Yes. yes. Amen. For God so loved the world that he... When you come and start to give your life away, you are acting like your father. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you come and start giving your life away and volunteer to be an usher or volunteer to be this and volunteer to that. The other day, yesterday we went with the men down to the shooting range. And, and, and we're down there and we were shooting uh, pistols and, 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 I, and I was I sh- Yeah, we're shooting. Do, do you understand me? But I had so much fun down there because my son's learning how to wants to go in law enforcement. Just, and my son, he, he was hitting the thing. I said, like, what? You, you kill them, we'll bury them. You know, something like that. <laughs> but it was fun. Do you know why it was fun? And there were about 23 of us there. Do you know why it was fun? Because we were with other men and women. And women. Pastor said, women were shooting? Absolutely. And there was fellowship going on. There was bonding. No one's quoting Bible verses, but there was just this fellowship going on and everything else, and and we were just hugging and encouraging and and prayer and all this going on. Why? Because we were in fellowship with one another. People, listen to me carefully. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone. If you do it God's way, So my heart and my encouragement to you today, and and they're going to start playing this song. My heart and my prayer to you today is this. We go back to God and say, God, take me to that quiet place. Take me to that place where you can mold and fashion me so that my heart becomes that of a heart like David." So that I am a servant leader. And, and if you don't know how, come come talk to us. we sure. So my heart can be a servant leader. So that I can come and continue to grow with the, with the brothers and sisters on Wednesday night. Come, this place, there's plenty of room. So I can get into a one group and just fellowship and laugh together and grow together and flush it out. So I can find a place to serve that I can just give back and give it away. And, and, and then as I continue to do that consistently... Consistently, consistently, as I continue to do that consistently. What is that? I say to people all the time, you need to make sure you're called here and consistently continue. Then they will finally say of you. Not only is she competent, not only does she have character, not only is she committed, but she has chemistry with us and with God. Not only is he skillful in everything he does, not only is he a man of valor, not only is he a man of war, Not only is he prudent in speech, but God is with him. Why don't you stand with me?
0: Thank you, Pastor Henry. Deep, deep teaching this morning. Deep teaching. If you're visiting for us for the first time today, or maybe you're watching via live stream today, maybe you're in the cafe, the cafe is so full today, we want to leave you with this final thought. God has a plan for your life, and it's big. God has a plan for your life, and it's big. And the only way that God can bring that plan to fruition in your life is for you to surrender yourself to God. Now, you might say, Pastor Steve, I I don't know, to be honest with you, if I died today, I'd even go to heaven because I don't know if I have a relationship with God. There's only one way that you could have a relationship with God. It's through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins. We celebrated that through communion. And I'd like everybody to bow your heads for a moment, close your eyes as we bring this service to a conclusion. We have some altar, we call them altar counselors. There are people that are prepared today to give you information, to give you some important information to start your journey of faith. Maybe you're here and say, Pastor, I want to start my journey of faith. I want to be a person of character. I want to be a person of integrity. I want God to do that work inside of me. You know, This message today was for people that have been coming to church and are part of church and we want you to be people of character. But, you know, not just people in church. Our nation needs people that are, are people of integrity and character. Amen? That's what we're seeing today all around us, people that lack character and integrity. And that only happens, as Pastor Henry said, in the fire, in the difficult times of our life. But but I want you to bow your heads, and I'd like to pray this simple prayer with you today. And You might say, I, I need God in my life. Pastor Steve, I know that God has a plan, but... I don't know how to get there. You start with surrendering, opening your heart, and let Christ be the Lord of your life. And so we're just going to all pray together, and I'm going to pray this simple prayer. And if you if you want God to be the center of your life today, then pray this prayer today with me because God hears your heart. Pastor Henry said God looks at the heart. God's hearing your heart today. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Wherever you are, maybe you're watching again a live stream, around the world, maybe you're in the cafe, just pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. You took all my sins upon yourself. You shed your blood to wash me and forgive me of all my sins. And today... I invite you into my life. Be the Lord. I give you control of every area of my life. Make me a person of character. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why don't we just thank the Lord for this great service today. Amen. 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 Now, now, if you need prayer today, if you need prayer about anything, if you need prayer, if you're sick in your body, if you need somebody to pray for you, you've got a relational issue, or you just like to talk to one of our counselors here and get the information you need to start your journey of faith, please make sure you come. We want to pray for you. God bless you. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's... Have a great day. God bless you.